0: you mm-hmm. Welcome to the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. We have a great show for you this week. The main event is a magician, creator, and animator whose magic is as visual as it is creative. Josh Janowski is my guest. We'll talk about how animation influenced his magic, and as a special treat, he'll talk about his work on the hit movie Spider-Man No Way Home. Nick Lacapo stops by the show to discuss the feature product of the week from Seth Race. Before all of that, the show kicks off with last week's guest having a think about what literature he would like if he was trapped at sea in the quickfire segment that we call Desert Island Magic. Magic books. John Graham, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast for Desert Island Magic Books. Let's suppose you wash up on a desert island with one magic book, and it's made of Tyvek, so it doesn't fall apart in the wind and the rain and the sand. What is your Desert Island Magic Book?
1: Without a doubt, it is Tarbell. And I know <laughs> it is in the eight-volume set and also in the single volume, so it does qualify as a single volume Okay. if half needed. Um, I just love everything about Tarbell. I love the tricks that a lot of people say some of them are dated and some of them are. Mm -hmm. But I also love all the sections that have no tricks described in them whatsoever. And I think there's a philosophy and a a love and an appreciation for magic that shines through in Tarbell's writing. So I just love the Tarbell course. I agree.
0: And, you know, I think the dated tricks are kind of the most fun because if, because there are some tricks that are very dated, but are still very good. And, you know, updating those is a fun challenge in and of itself, you know, here at Penguin, we're pretty, uh, pretty fond of the Tarbell series since we filmed literally every single trick in Tarbell with Dan yeah. Harlan. Uh, what are some, what are some tricks that stand out to you in, in Tarbell? Maybe some that have made it into your own act.
1: Uh, absolutely. Um, in my book, there's a routine called Buffalo John, which is the centerpiece of my whole act, which is a combination of uh, a couple of Harry Anderson routines, Buffalo Bill, and cufflinks. So in my, you know, my work on this routine, there are six effects, and three of them are in Tarbell. And again, this is the centerpiece of my act. Yeah. So these are not just tricks that I'm getting by with; these are tricks that are working. And those tricks are the million-dollar bill mystery mm-hmm. by U.F. Grant which is one of the all-time greatest tricks in magic. The, I love the effect.
0: The million dollar bill mystery is the one where uh the the two the two bills a bill vanishes and then reappears with another bill, correct?
1: Yeah, well it's two bills that you borrow and you tear them in half and you say you hold on to half of yours, you hold on to half of yours mm-hmm. and then the other halves vanish and then they reappear in, in an impossible location. That's right.
0: I recently had to, was working on a, on a download that involved money. And so I had to look up the, the UF grant $100 bill mystery or $100 bill mystery. And looking up a UF grant money trick in Tarbell is like, it, there's so many of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's a, the phrase that always comes to mind when I think about this trick is the majesty of simplicity. Yes. because it is a huge effect and it's so easy to do and that's what's so beautiful about it Well it's so, a great effect
0: so you know the, the rule around here is that you have to limit it to one book because a lot of people do get cheeky yeah. they, they say the tarbell but I'm curious if there's you know there is the big full uh, the, the single volume version of Tarbell uh, which is you know big enough to to kill a small animal but uh, <laughs> if you had to limit yourself to one of the traditional volumes which which one would it be on your desert island?
1: Whew, that's a very good question. Um, well, the million dollar bill mystery, just so everybody knows, I think is in volume three, it is four, five, but I think it's, um, there's
0: another UF grant bill one in five. And again, I just know this because I literally just was looking up bill tricks from UF grant in, uh, in, that's
1: the transposition, the one in five transposition. So it's in I think it must be in volume three then. Yeah. Or or five. Yeah. It's (laughs) it's one of the two. (laughs) Um, but just if I could keep it complete, the other trick in that act is the uh, the dry the Norman Ashworth before your very eyes board that you erase the board, mm. um, and it starts off saying the name of the card is, and when you erase the board, it says the ten of hearts. That's a phenomenal trick. And, and then I know the a other trick is the hat tear, which is in. volume. Yeah, it's a great trick and it's an old trick, but it's um it's an effective trick, mm-hmm. and so that's in volume four, and then the hat tear which is part of that same routine is in volume one. So to your question about which one would I keep? I don't know, but I think uh, I love, there's a great thing in volume one about um, David Bamberg and he was uh, wanting to be a big success right off the bat. And he wanted to do a big show right off the bat, but he couldn't do it. And Tarbell sent him his course And David Bamberg was inspired. He put together a little show that he started doing in Buenos Aires, and started having some success with it. And then he added an illusion to the show. Yeah. And he built the show bigger and better, all because of Tarbell's kindness to him and sending him his original chorus. So that letter that David Bamberg wrote to Tarbell is in volume one, and it's very inspiring. Oh man, absolutely. It's I.
0: I think when we're done here, I might go back and reread that because, because uh, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of great stuff in there that's not just tricks and Tarbell. Well, uh, John, thanks so much for for joining me here on Desert Island Magic Books. The, the Tarbell picking one, just one of those is very tough, but man, talking about those, those is so much fun. Thanks for joining us here on the show. Thanks so much to John Graham for joining me on the show. As always, our Quickfire segments are brought to you by Shazam, the podcast that hopes to make itself obsolete. Be sure to check out their February 28th episode where historian Margaret Steele discusses the history of magicians of color and how the record is highly inaccurate. Go give it a listen. Kayla is doing some pretty cool stuff. Now, on to the main event. Josh Janowski is an incredibly creative magician whose magic is popular on Instagram, YouTube, and in the everyday carry of magicians around the world. Aside from being a prolific creator, he's also an animator and visual effects artist for some of the biggest movies in the world. We had a wide-ranging conversation that got me thinking about the movements I make as a magician, and now you get to join our conversation. Josh Janowski, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you uh, because I feel like we've like sort of circled each other's orbits for years without like really connecting.
2: Yeah, I think the first time we actually ever spoke was like in Clubhouse. It like, was on Clubhouse. I think that was the first time we ever had a conversation, but like I knew who you were. Yeah. And like I feel like we may have like interacted on like the magic Reddit like yes. once or twice. Yeah. But like that was the first time I think we ever actually had like a direct conversation. And it was fun clubhouse.
0: Yeah. It's fun I love I love your stuff because so you I mean you came to do a penguin lecture, but it was before I was like with the team.
2: Yes, yeah, I, I think it was like literally like a few weeks or so before yeah. you joined. Like yeah, it was really you close. were like
0: literally like in town while I was interviewing for to to, to, to sign my life away to the Arctic <laughs> Bird. Um, no, this is great though. I, so the reason I wanted to have you on the show um, was a to talk about your magic, but b you're an animator. Yes, you, like like an actual like you literally like animate cartoons.
2: Yes. Yeah, that, that, that is my job. Uh, I've been working in, so I'm a visual effects animator. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I get to work on, on like tiny indie movies, like Spider-Man No Way Home, stuff like that. Um, ones that people haven't heard of. <laughs> um, but it's cool. Cause like I get to like make movie magic as yeah. well as doing like actual magic. And and I've been here in, in Canada. I'm in Montreal at the moment and I've been here for it'll be four years, uh, in like, wow. A month, um, which is crazy because I never thought I'd be living in another country. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it, it's literally, like, anyone who knows me knows how much I love magic. And if you think I love mm-hmm. magic a lot, like, get me talking about animation. You'll go, oh my gosh, like, this dude is a major nerd. It makes so much yeah. sense now. But it's all I've wanted to do since I was, like, five years old. And I found out people got paid to, like, make movies and animate characters. So I was like... That's a job, like that. Yes, please. That's that's what I want.
0: So, it's well. I I was wondering because, you know, uh, I'm not sure exactly uh, which of the things you worked on in Spider Man No Way Home, but it, it is it is sort of an an interesting. It's interesting that you're into magic and also animation, and you both sort of do them as a job, because when you watch a film like Spider Man No Way Home, and and we won't spoil it for anyone, but the visual effects in that are amazing and really when you're working on a film like that, you are dealing with, you know, you're creating magic. I mean, like impossible things that happen. And I was wondering how your animation informs your magic or, or does the, or does the magic inform the animation or is it some sort of like beautiful,
2: like it's a beautiful hybrid. Uh, Yeah. No, I've, I've thought about this for a while because so in animation, there's a thing called the 12 principles of animation. And it's these like 12, like inherently, They exist in everything principles that makes what animation work. Um, And I've really, like, want to put together a 12 principles of magic one time just because there's so much things about animation and magic that just, like, work together. Like, obviously, like, with magic, like, it's all about misdirection and it's making sure people look where you want them to look so you can do the thing that you don't want them to see. And that is so, so helpful for animation because, like, you, there's times where you want people to see what you're animating. Um, Because it's supposed to be like the focus, but then there's other times where you're animating something that's in the background. So it needs to feel organic and feel like something that would really be there, but you don't want it to like take the focus away. Like if, if you're working on a shot and it's supposed to be, like, this awesome, powerful speech moment between, like, the two main characters, and you have a a guy in the background, he's, like, jumping around and waving his arms, like, no, that will detract from the shot. It takes away, like, the impact of it. So, like, you need to learn how to make sure that your animation is assisting uh, what is supposed to be focused on. So, like, that magic helps out with that, and then animation is all about storytelling, and anyone who has seen magic knows that, like, it's about story. Like you, you have to be able to tell a good story to do magic. And and I don't necessarily mean like every single trick you have to do be like, these were my great grandfather's like knives and watch as they change color. Kind of like how he changed sides in the revolutionary war. No, like you don't have to do anything <laughs> like that, but like it's, it's about being able to, to connect and engage with your audience. And you do that through story, whether it's, you are telling some, uh, explanation of, of your great grandpa whatever or if you're just explaining me like oh yeah like you know what like when I was younger I, uh, I I saw this guy do a card trick and and you just kind of go into a card trick and using that as like your hook you need to be able to tell a good story and so getting that from animation is so helpful I think um, just because it makes for me when I perform I feel like I've been told that I come across as very genuine um and a lot of people say like oh wow you have a really genuine character and it always makes me laugh because like i don't have a character it's just me being me but because of animation i know how to connect with people and tell a story and get people like engaged and then yeah going back to the animation side for magic like knowing how to have people look at something that you want and, and how to really focus on that moment has become really really helpful just because you never want to like do a shot where you're supposed to be like the focus and people aren't paying attention. You you, like that. There's nothing worse than like, they're just like, ah, whatever. I don't have to watch right now. Like you Mm -hmm. want to make sure it's what grabs them in. And then like the best, so specifically working in visual effects. Um, and so for those who don't know, that's like the big blockbuster Hollywood live action films, like your Marvel movies, your Star Wars, like superhero Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, sometimes you want to do stuff that like people don't realize is actually CG and it's important to know how to do that. And so like one of the best compliments I ever got was there was a shot I did in predator of a guy getting pulled up into a tree and I posted it. I was like, Oh, that's my shot. And I had so many people go, that wasn't real. And that was just like, that was like, that was so like nice to hear, but like, it's important because like you, you need to learn how to blend things in and that comes from magic because like if I have a gimmick, That's a deck of cards that doesn't look like a deck of cards. Well, I need to make you believe it's a deck of cards so you don't just go, that's fake. Why are you holding a fake thing? So, like, they really tied together. I I feel like I could do, like, an entire TED Talk just on those two. I probably will one day, um, except they'll probably be from, like, some offshoot brand of TED, it would be like the ed talk because like ted talk won't actually reach out to me but still i want to do a talk one day is what i'm getting at on magic and animation and and put together those like 12 principles of magic i think that would be like a really cool i think you know I,
0: i think it's fascinating because i sort of i went into this going hey you know the, the obvious question is how does your magic how is your magic informed by animation or how is your animation informed by magic and i think the the answer that a lot of people would have been expecting was oh you know I, I see this thing in a movie and then i'm like how can i make it so that i could do that in real life you know this thing that i animated you know for predator but it sounds like the the real secret is the all of the same stuff that makes you a better storyteller you know all all of the things that make you better as a creative person are the same no matter if you're a, a magician, an animator, uh, uh, you know, an author of, of fiction, it's, it all sort of like boils down to the same similar principles is, is yeah. at least what it sounds like to me.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And like, there are definitely some like exceptions that are unique to animation. Like one thing about animation is I'm constantly looking at how things move. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has actually made me like really aware of watching magicians and knowing when they're palming stuff because oh, really? a lot of magicians don't have a very natural way of like hiding that they're hiding something mm-hmm. and to me it will stand out like a sore thumb because i'm used to watching for movements and i'm used to making sure that like things feel real because like if you're animating a person mm-hmm. and they're like walking like this but it's supposed to be like a regular walk and, and i don't know if there's a video for this but Th- there sort of is not my... for for our podcast okay, listeners
0: yeah. <laughs> josh is doing uh, a very ridiculous Sort
2: of yeah, cool. basically if you've seen Arrested Development, kind of like all the variations of the chicken dance, that's yes. kind of what I was doing. Sorry to
0: interrupt, but this week the show is brought to you by Coinnect by Seth Race. Nick LaCapo joined me via Zoom to discuss this electrostatic miracle. Nick, our buddy Seth Race has got a
3: pretty cool little coin trick that you can carry around in your pocket.
0: We're talking Coinnect
3: today. Like the static coins plot is is, is pretty good one Yeah. Um, where like if you can borrow some quarters from somebody and you rub like a little static on them and get them to snap together and like stick together. Right. Uh, Pretty fascinating trick for for a layman. Uh, There's a, there's a few different variations out out there, but what Seth has here is, is really cool. Uh, It just uses two quarters and you're able to create that illusion really convincingly. Just borrow a coin. And then they snap together, and I really love the sound on on this one. Like weirdly, like the the sound that you get on it is is kind of important. So when it clicks together, bam, it snaps together, and it is with a borrowed coin. Um, and then you you can detach them, and then you can snap them together again. And there's some really cool displays in this routine too, where you can like hold the two coins like like you're not like holding any it's hard to explain here over uh um, you know the audio but you're, like you're holding it by like the edge the, like pinching yeah, like
0: top like top the top and the bottom of each coin and they're sort of yeah. they're almost like connected like halfway almost where it's like it's magnetized halfway it's a really interesting looking display and when they disconnect in your hand uh then they like they disconnect while you're holding them at the edges and then they tumble mm-hmm. down and there's just like nothing to see it's really cool
3: yeah yeah it's like it's hard that display is like weirdly disarming too Mm because i guess what i'm trying to say is like you're not holding anything behind the coin or anything like that it's very free and fair and it's an impossible position for these two coins to be in especially because one of them borrowed so when when you want to you can let them fall apart and they can fall apart in the spectator's hand as well which is very very cool Even though one of those coins is a gimmick, the way that the routine is constructed, the coin can fall in the spectator's hand. You pick them both up, you give them their coin back, and you've demonstrated a uh, you know static electricity with quarters.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a really fascinating little trick that's uh, fun to carry around your pocket. Can fit in in your fifth jeans pocket, and you can always have it ready to go. Great. Yeah, because you borrow the other one. So well, um, and you can even construct a routine where you like you ring in the gimmick with uh with a pretty simple switch. So sure. you can even do it, you can even make it look like it's two borrowed coins. And yeah, it's uh it, like Nick said, it's a lot of fun displays and a nice little bit of magic. Coin act by Seth Race. That was Coin Act by Seth Race, available at penguinmagic.com. As always, our fantastic Fantastic listeners receive 25% off the feature product of the week when they enter the special discount code at checkout. This week, that code is CLANK. That's CLANK, C L A N K, to receive 25% off this amazing coin gimmick. That code is only good for CoinEct and only good until the next episode of this show airs. Now, back to my conversation with Josh Janowski. It's
2: like if you're animating a person and they're like, walking like this but it's supposed to be like a regular walk and, and i don't know if there's a video for this but i was the, there is not my... for for our podcast okay, listeners
0: yeah. <laughs> josh is doing uh, a very ridiculous sort yeah,
2: of like... basically if you've seen arrested development kind of like all the variations of the chicken dance that's yes. kind of what i was doing as a regular <laughs> walk um but yeah so the thing is like that isn't a natural walk so like mm-hmm. you have to learn how things move normally and and like i said that comes into to magic because i'm I'm very like aware of mm-hmm. when people are holding their hands in a way cuz I'm like that you don't normally hold your hand that way that's a very odd thing yeah. and then also a, another side effect that's been great is uh for seeing if a magic trailer has been edited or not because <laughs> uh, because as <laughs> an can, animator yeah. I'm used to seeing like I literally go frame by frame for mm-hmm. things so <laughs> there's been so many times where I've watched something and like I go there's a frame missing right there. And like, I'll talk to a friend. They'll be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, 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 trust me. Like that to that wouldn't actually happen. Um, So yeah, I I pay attention to that. And also I do think just as a side note, it's very ironic that I work in visual effects because Mm -hmm. like whenever I post a video on Instagram, I'm always, like, I, I have to be, like, look, I, like, this is, this is me doing magic. Yeah. This is not visual effects. I have, a, I have, I have an art account completely for animation and photography that mm-hmm. has nothing to do with this. And it just, it always makes me laugh because, like, if anyone was to actually, like, edit their videos, Yeah. I'd be really good at it, but I don't because I, I feel like I I have to make sure that my magic is, stands separate from that because I know otherwise everyone just be like, CGI,
0: I, VFX. I, I feel the same way as as a video editor and a photographer myself. I sometimes mm-hmm. I, I watch. Occasionally, I watch a magic demo, and I'm like, "Oh man, that is." I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call anyone out, but I, I, yes, I, yes. I've i <laughs> seen products where I'm like, "That that is not how that works at all." Uh, yep. <laughs> me using both my my magician knowledge and my my video editor knowledge. And, uh, and exactly. also it's
2: like the wonder twins. They like come together and you're, yeah. you're more powerful as a person.
0: Yeah. I just some I've got videos that I've made that are like just for me that I'm not posting anywhere where I'm like, this was like a really fun experiment, but I can <laughs> never show this to anyone or my, my magic career will be
2: destroyed. <laughs> I feel that I, I haven't done it, but I've thought of once in my head being like, if I were mm-hmm. to recreate that trick completely fake it, how would I, how yeah. would I do that? But I actually, I think that's actually a really good way sometimes to create magic mm-hmm. is to try creating something that doesn't look real and be like, oh, well, I know how I would, I would do this in CGI how, and how I would edit that. But like, could I do that so I could do it in real life? Yeah. Like, I, I think that's a really fun challenge for like end creators out there. Like if you ever just kind of like, I don't know what to create, like find a video effect and try and replicate it. Without the video effect, because you'll you'll come up with some crazy methods, and then yeah. also I just feel like it's a fun like little challenge, like it, it's a good like weekend thing. Be like, I'm gonna create a trick that looks like a jump cut today, or something like that.
0: Also, like learning. Learning video effects and learning editing techniques is really helpful for your own social media stuff. Just to make oh, it, like, 100%. just to, like, raise the production value on stuff. I mean, like, I remember, you know, I, I sort of, like, went to, I didn't go to film school, but I went to a sort of, like, baby film school. My, my degree is in comedy, and they taught us some stuff. Uh, and, like, learning Amazing. how to light a scene better was just, like, mind expanding mm-hmm. and helped me in, ma- not just in, like, filming my own magic, but also, like, in, like, being able to walk onto a stage and be like, these lights are all wrong.
2: Exactly. No, like, there's so much that, like, learning how to to be able to edit your own videos, be able to, like, take your own, like, product photography, if Mm -hmm. if you're a creator, and being able to, like, do graphic design and stuff, like, is so, so helpful and powerful, and honestly, like, because of me going to school for animation, me to learn, like, graphic design and and editing and stuff, that's helped me out so much, because... Like, when, like, I read, so my, my last logo I designed, my yeah. new logo I, I designed as well. And it was nice because instead of me having to like reach out to someone, be like, okay, like, here's the idea I have. Can you make it happen? And then mm-hmm. have all that like back and forth and, and, and changes. I could just like talk to myself and just be like, hey, Josh, can you make me this? Cool. Thanks, yeah. Josh. Like, I mean, I don't actually talk to myself for the, for the record. I don't want anyone to think I'm oh, crazy. Oh,
0: we both uh, know that's a lie. Any Anyone who works <laughs> in video production out of their house talks to themselves constantly.
2: That was supposed to be our secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it was cool because I was able to go, okay, I, yeah. I know what I want and I was able to to do it. So, like, I am very proud of of the fact that, like, when I create something I can go that extra step Mm -hmm. and also sometimes like create the files that are needed. But even when you're not creating the
0: files, I imagine that like when you're working with a company, you know, I know you've released stuff with other companies as well as on your own, but it's, it's just, if learning that design language makes it easier to communicate like, Hey, I want this differently, but here is, here's the specific things I want rather than just being like,
2: I don't like that. A hundred percent. Yeah. It honestly, it makes the conversation a lot easier. Um, just because, like, I remember when I did Whiplash, Mm -hmm. um, I was so excited about that project because that was, like, my first, like, major physical release. Mm -hmm. Um, And first of all, we had so much fun with that trailer. Uh, But I remember I was talking with uh, the guy who was editing it, Devon, and it was cool because, like, we were able to go back and forth because, like, he knew that, like... I spoke his language and it it just made it so much easier because I was like, oh, cool. Like, do you think we could do this? And he's like, oh, I actually did this and here's the reason why. And I go, that's amazing. Like it it was just super helpful. And then even like being like as simple as it is to like be able to go, Hey, could you send me something without an alpha on it? And like, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, sure. Do you want like a TIFF, a PNG? Do you want like all these options? Whereas like other times, like if someone doesn't know the lingo, Mm -hmm. you'd have to be like, okay, like can you send me one? Where the background is invisible, like so, just—it's <laughs> easier to be able sometimes to yeah. say like the words and 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 have yeah. that better like flow of communication.
0: Well, Josh, we're about out of time, but before we go, and I, I don't get to do this on the podcast very often, but um, you know, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take advantage of this situation. Is there a particular scene from Spider-Man No Way Home that you worked on that you're really proud of?
2: <sighs> okay. Um, yes. Uh, there. The. The very first two shots of uh, of the lizard talking mm-hmm. um, were ones that I got to work on. Oh, that's amazing! Um, and the the reason, like I, for me, it was just it was such a cool experience to work on that because I w- loved the the lizard. Uh, I thought he was such a cool character. So yeah. like to to animate sort of like his intro was awesome. But the thing that has been the coolest side effect is there's now like a trend on TikTok based off of the line that I animated. (laughs) Um, And so that makes me so happy. Like, I didn't write the line. Like, obviously, like, there were much smarter people in Hollywood who wrote that line. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just got to be the guy who actually, like, animated it. And it's so cool whenever I see that, like, pop up on my For You page on TikTok because I'm like, I'm kind of related to that. (laughs) I I would say that would probably be, like, my, like, the one that I'm proudest of just because... Also, like, it was cool to be able to do, like, acting Mm -hmm. in a superhero film normally you don't get that you have like lots of like punching and swinging and energy blasts so to have like two actual moments where like a character is like talking Mm -hmm. is kind of cool
0: that's awesome well josh so first of all your work on it is amazing and also i didn't realize you worked on the predator and that shot that you talked about was awesome because i totally thought that was a practical shot when i watched predator
2: thank you thank you i was really proud of that one. well
0: thanks so much for joining me on the podcast we'll have to have you back because this has just been a blast and uh, i would love to thanks so much Thanks. That's gonna do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to Josh for joining me on the show, and thanks to you for listening. Next week on the show, I talk to the incredibly creative magician Martin Braisas. This incredibly creative magician was one of my favorite lectures in recent months, and the conversation we had is gonna blow you away. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe as well as come to the Penguin booth at the Blackpool Magic Convention and show me the social media platform that you share your favorite episodes on. If you wanted to reach out to me about anything on this week's show, you're gonna have to explain to me what the Ruskin is. I can't tell if it's a bar, a restaurant, a secret magic club. This is my first Blackpool, and I'm so excited. But if explaining the ins and outs of a seaside English tourist town is not your bailiwick, you can always hit me up on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice,
1: practice, perform.